Well, welcome to Retail Level Up's Moment with Mickey. In today's segment, I would like you to meet our guest speaker. Meet Andrew S. Oaks, an energetic and passionate guy who offers up wise and unique techniques for managing stress, no matter the circumstances one is facing in life. It was not long ago that Andrew escaped a life of excruciating anxiety, stress, and depression. It was only after hitting rock bottom that he made a profound but simple discovery that changed his life and the lives of hundreds of others over the past five years. When he escaped the darkness, he grew a passion for helping others escape theirs too. And it was in the pursuit of that passion he found his purpose. Andrew helps people battling stress, anxiety, and depression, and offers them a unique and simplified system to help them get back to living their best life. Please meet the world's friend, Andrew Oaks. Andrew, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. I'm excited to add value to your people. Oh, I think this is going to be a very interesting segment. <laughs> you know, it, we met almost three years ago at the John Maxwell team live event in Orlando, where we were both became certified in speaking, training, and coaching in his program. And since then, you've gone on to do two more certification programs, the uh, Dave Ramsey's program and Tony Robbins as well. It's so impressive. I, it's really an impressive list of credentials that you have. And whenever we chat with each other, I'm always struck by your passion for doing what's right, for always looking for ways that you can give value to someone and whomever you're working with and for really living your life with purpose. It's just, you, you impress me. I, I appreciate that. Um, I Yes, go ahead. I just, you know, it looks like me, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's God. You know, God works for me. It really helps me help people, and I really enjoy helping people. So it, it makes me smile just as much as the other person on the other end. You shared with me recently that uh, you developed your own hypothesis regarding comfort and discomfort. And uh, there's a lot of discomfort happening in this year of 2020. Um, there's a lot of discomfort happening for, I, I believe, probably a lot of the people in my audience uh, that follow Retail Level Up because the retail industry is going through such an upheaval. started before 2020 and it's just continuing to magnify in this year. But I would love to um, have you share this hypothesis that you came to about comfort and discomfort in your work and professional life and how my audience might relate to that. Yeah. So, all right. With the the retail, whether you're in business for yourself or even if you're just, even if you're not a business owner, life is already stressful. But when you own a business, it's even more stressful. So life is always going to be full of stress and which I related stress to discomfort. What is comfort? I realized comfort is nothing more than a lack of discomfort. Comfort is nothing more than a lack of discomfort. You look at anybody that's happy in the world, they're comfortable. So I also believe that comfort is the purest form of happiness. So now my whole philosophy was built there and we can unfold that and unpack that a little bit. But at the end of the day, comfort is nothing more than a lack of discomfort. So if you want comfort in your life, you got to remove the discomforts. Okay. So there's a lot of, uh, I, you know, self-help books. They talk about getting out of your comfort zone though. So that seems to be in conflict with what you just mentioned. 
Yes, very important. Now we got to understand that there's two types of discomfort. There's a type one discomfort, which is negative in nature and life is already handing it to you. And there's a major, major and a minor in that category too. So you have a type one, which is negative, and then you have majors and you have minors. So a minor would be like, um, say your cell phone bill. Um, your contract jumped over and they started upping your bill like an extra 50 bucks a month. But the last six months you haven't called or done anything about it. Well, that's a type one discomfort. But it's important that you understand that you need a type two discomfort. And that's called effort. Because you got to get on the phone and make an effort. Effort is type one discomfort's kryptonite. You got to get on the phone. Yes, you got to be on hold for 15 minutes. That's a discomfort, but that's a type two discomfort. The person on the other line, always grumpy, always grumpy. That's a discomfort. But see, but at the end of the call, you reconcile whatever the type one was. They say, okay, well, we're going to fix your bill, whatever. So your type one is knocked out by your type two. So a positive plus a negative equals zero and zero is sudden comfort. Sudden comfort to me in my philosophy is basically relief. The, the moment that comfort shows up is relief. Or if you get to zero where you're not experiencing discomfort, that's sudden comfort. It happens all of a sudden, you won't even feel it coming, you won't know it's coming, it's just, boom, it's there. And so to get rid of it, to get rid of that discomfort, you had to expend some effort. And that was the key. Yes, effort. Effort. effort, effort, effort is your best friend. If okay. you look at anybody winning at life, they are ex exerting effort into categories that matter. They're, they're putting effort into meaningful things. They're not putting effort into going to pick out the best liquor for this weekend. That's not what they're like. <laughs> they're, it's meaningful stuff. Right, right. And um, yeah, and so where would you put worry on the scale of meaningful? Is worry pretty low in priority? So that's, that's your stress, your anxiety, your worry. You have to address them because that's what's hurting you. Okay. So you also mentioned to me recently when we were chatting about our, our language, what we focus on, what we say to ourselves, you know, those way that, the ways we describe ourselves or the way that we talk to ourselves. Um, but that has... A lot to do and can contribute to our own stress and anxiety. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So if say, let me try to think if we're coming from a weak place, which a lot of us are experiencing anxiety and lots of stress. And generally when we experience a lot of anxiety and stress, what happens is we fall into the rear part of our brain, which is our fight or flight. And when we fall into that part of our brain, all of our decisions are kind of, um, muddled. They're not intelligent decisions. They're more reactively. Um, so when, when we do that, we, when we say, if we're trying to communicate with somebody and we're in the back of our brain, even our conversation is kind of um, showing that we're not comfortable. And if we show that we're not comfortable, it comes off to everybody else as not confident because confidence couldn't exist without comfort. In fact, that's what it is. Confidence is when you become comfortable and you're going to hear me talk about comfort all the time. I just, I've related this thing to a lot of different things, but confidence is comfort. And whenever we fall into the back of our brains, we get uncomfortable and we start to say other sentences that match that back part of our brain. So, and, and I, I got one last night I was speaking with somebody and they said that they were struggling. They were currently struggling. And then they also mentioned the word say, okay, I'll do that, but I, I guess I'll suffer through it. 
Mm. We'll see where, what part of the brain is that coming from? That's coming from the back of the brain. When we're in the front of our brain and we're totally comfortable, that's when you're able to deliver. That's whenever you're able to find the words that you need. You're going you're gonna to have that confidence about you. You're going to have that excitement about you that um, you're able to really be in the present moment. So that's another part of this is to be in the present moment, not living in the past and not living in the future. You know, they, they say that we can't suffer the past and we can't suffer the future. But everybody's terrified of the future. They're anxious about the future or they're looking in the past like this bad stuff happened to me. And listen, I'm not making fun of anybody because that's who I used to be. Um, I live that way. 27 years of depression. I, I don't remember from a little kid of never, ever being not depressed until 27 years old. So I'm not making fun of anybody. Compassion, love. That's who I am. Empathetic. But um, when we look at the future, when we look at the past, we're making a mistake because we need to be in the present moment right now. We need to, we can never suffer. There's a Buddhist thing says we can never suffer the past and we can never suffer the future. What we're suffering from is our memory and our imagination. Mm -hmm. And also uh, suffering, another Buddhist thing is um, the root of all suffering is attachment. So everybody thinks the way to solve your problems is addition. Oh, if I only have the new car, if only I have the new girlfriend, if only I have the new this, if only this, 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 see, the first three letters of addiction is ADD, add. Addition, ADD, add. Problem. The stress that you're feeling in your life, the discomforts that are in your life, they're so, they're so volatile and they're coming in because life is always going to be handing you these type one discomforts. Your better life is in subtraction. Subtraction. You subtract the discomforts from your life, your life gets better. Your quality of life gets better. Okay. So eliminating the things that are causing you that stress and anxiety. Yes. Okay. Yep. You start with the small ones. You start with the little ones. Like if your nose hair is tickling your face, like you're at a board meeting and you got the nose hair, like, and where, how confident are you coming off when you keep, you know, doing this or whatever, yeah. you know, just like constantly. So the confidence level goes down. Your pants are too tight. Your underwear is crawling up your butt because you gained 20 pounds. Well, you got a choice. Lose the 20 pounds or buy bigger pants. Oh, no, by, by winter, I'm going to be lighter. Mm. You're going to suffer for the next six months. Right. Because you're stuck in your discomfort because your mind will not allow you to go buy the new pants because you feel like you're admitting defeat. When you ultimately you're not admitting defeat, what you're doing is removing a discomfort from your life. Mm -hmm. And you had talked about... Um that we have you know, just so much capacity for this stress and anxiety that you know, we, we can feel like we're getting, you know, like we're in the water and our nose is just above that water line and we feel like we're drowning. And I can see where you're saying that if you keep adding more stress and anxiety, then it can feel like you're drowning because yeah. you only have so much capacity for that. And the more stuff you have, the more stuff you have to take care of. So the more stuff that you have, the addition problem in your life that we're, we're doing, we're acquiring all this stuff and we think it's going to make us happy. The problem is it's not actually making us happy because now we got to change the oil in that. Now we got to pay the insurance on that extra vehicle. We got to get tires on that vehicle. We got we got this issue or whatever. Now the insurance company has decided to raise their rates on that particular vehicle. So it actually adds a pile of discomfort. So the more stuff that you own, the more stuff that you try to acquire in life, if you're not doing it in a manageable way, Without removing the discomforts, you're only adding more discomforts. The brand new thing will pacify you for a moment in time, but it's only a distraction because ultimately at the deep, deep down, 
your subconscious mind realizes your capacity. It, your, so can I, I'm going to show them this method, this idea. Okay. So here's life. So look at that glass, almost clear. Mm -hmm. All right. So I didn't realize it wouldn't show up here, but so imagine life. This is a pitcher full of red Kool-Aid for say, right? And this is life's discomfort. Life will always keep handing you discomfort. So it's going to constantly keep pouring into your cup. Now your capacity, imagine it as the size of your bladder, right? Some people can make it 10 hours and not have to pee on a road trip. And then, you know, my wife, an hour, hour and a half, and we got to stop, right? So capacity of your glass is based solely on who you are as a person. So if battling discomfort in life, tolerance is your best friend, but some people aren't naturally tolerant and that's okay. You just got to realize that your capacity is your capacity, but life is always going to be pouring into this glass. And what happens is as the stress builds and the Kool-Aid fills up, we start to panic because the less airspace that is in this glass, the more we fear that this is going to overflow. And here's the reason why we're so terrified. We're standing on a rug, a white rug, a pristine white rug, and that's our life. That's our current way of life with what we're comfortable, quote, comfortable with. And uh, we, we, we learn to live with a whole bunch of discomforts, argue about that in, in, the, in, the, in the future. Uh, so we learn to live with the discomforts that we have because we know what they are. We're not actually comfortable in life if we're surrounded with all these discomforts. But our little white rug is at our feet. And we're worried that this is going to overflow and destroy our life. It's going to be catastrophic failure, right? Which it will be. When the glass overflows, it changes your life. It alters your life and it will stain that rug. And you know that deep down in your soul. So as this gets higher, it starts to breed anxiety. People start to panic. And the reason why they start to panic is because there's no system in place for removing discomfort. In fact, you can tell when somebody's at, at experiencing this because they end up staying up all night because they distract themselves all through the day. They get the new purchase. They get into arguments. You, you would be amazed how well anger has become a tool for escaping discomfort and stress. It is crazy, but you utilize anger because if I'm mad at somebody else, I don't have to focus on my current stresses. I don't have to focus on the actual, the hard things, the hard decisions, the hard conversations that are going to remove the discomfort from my glass. So what we got to do is realize this glass is filling up no matter what we do. When we start to feel anxiety, that means it's getting near the top. We got to come up with a system to start removing those discomforts. So lose the 20 pounds, buy a new, new belt, buy a new pair of underwear, um, move the dresser that you keep banging your knee on. Start removing those things, and then your life is going to get tremendously better. The more airspace that you have in here, the more tolerance you'll actually feel. So the more you're going to have people always going to come try to bug you in life. It's just the way it is. Everything in this world good is going to be attacked. So when you're trying to do good, somebody's going to come bug you. It's going to hurt you worse on the days that your glass is full. Mm -hmm. But when your glass is almost empty, you know, maybe, maybe your mom gets diagnosed with cancer or something horrific start comes in our life. These are not the things that are making us so stressed out. If we have the capacity in our glass, we can handle just about anything. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's very important that we're staying on our self-discipline and we're removing the discomfort from our glass and say, so, for instance, um, my mom, uh, wonderful to me, I, I'm thankful for my mom, but she can't support herself. So sometimes we have to pay her bills. Now, we remove the discomfort from my mom's glass, but my mom always lives right at the top of the glass. 
because she's not removing the discomfort from herself. So it's basically like me coming in here and putting in a straw and sucking the Kool-Aid out for her. Yeah. And ultimately, she should be having a system for herself to remove the discomfort from her life. Right. So you can depend on other people to pull the discomfort from your life, or you can, you can depend on the next shiny object to distract you from the discomfort from your life, but your life will not get better until you decide to put in the effort to start removing the discomforts from your glass. Yeah. And that, that makes perfect sense. And, and that um, ties back to something that I, I've learned about is when we decide that we want to make a change and we um, start to take the actions to make that change. And then we realize, oh, this is a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be, but we keep pushing through until we get to the point where it's just so hard and we're just so discouraged and we, you know, we just bail and we go back to the way things used to be. It's not that we want those things because we were, we decided to make a change to get out of that, but we go back to what's familiar because at least we know what to expect in those situations. And that's where a lot of people have, um, you know, have a hard time. They, they, they quit and they go back to the way things were. Do you have any tips on how to get through that, that valley of despair when they realize this change is hard? And it, what, do, what tips do you have to help them through that, that dip where they just often quit and go back? I think that would be kind of like a multi-tip kind of situation. Number one is know why you started. Put it on a board. Um, I have a board behind the wall here, but um, put it on a board and have a visual of it every day. Remind yourself on a constant basis. Number two, surround yourself with people that are already close to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. um, stop surrounding yourself with people that are not close to where you want to be. Look at your dream life and weigh every conversation, every friendship, every time you spend an hour with somebody or something, make sure that that is getting you close to your dream. A lot of people were like, oh, well, we need to have leisure time. Yes, you need to have leisure time with your family. That's the only ones. Leisure time with your boys from high school, if it's not getting you closer to the dream, to be honest with you, it's not part of your dream. So you were supposed to outgrow it, but you identified your dream and you only surround yourself with the pieces that are going to get you closer to that. And remember, the stress that you're experiencing is good. You should welcome stress. You should, you should welcome anxiety. The difference between stress and anxiety, so as this glass is getting fuller, you're going to experience stress the less airspace that you have in here. The difference is some people can handle a lot of stress because they have hope and they have a vision. They have a target. So whenever you have a target in place, the stress kind of stays stress and it becomes anxiety the minute that you lose hope. It becomes anxiety the minute that you don't have a target. So what it is is your body is giving you energy which is exciting. This is good news. And now I'm going to go a little science on you, but whenever you're, say if you get in a shower and you just, we're going to pretend that you just worked the last two days digging trenches 16 hours a day, because that's how you have to survive and make money right now. Right. And you dug trenches 16 hours a day and you're tired, but you're dirty. You get home and you jump in the shower and you are zapped, completely zapped of energy. You turn on the shower and the water's ice cold and it touches your skin. The moment it touches your skin, whoo, 
you're filled with energy. So, so when you're, when you're filled with energy, you, you've experienced the cold water hitting you, you, you freak out and it even takes your breath away. And, and you go from, you go from the, the cold place to, to a, a place of comfort where, which is the water, or you grab that shower head and you turn it away from you. You get an, a, a bolt of energy because your brain is being used in a different pattern. What is recognized is, Hey, I just experienced discomfort. The moment you experience discomfort, your body is sending you energy. When it sends you energy, you feel it in the form of stress. Or if you don't have hope and you don't have a target, you feel it in the form of anxiety. And as the energy is building inside of you, because your brain is trying to help you survive, it just realizes that you met discomfort. It doesn't know if it hit you got hit with ice water. It doesn't know if you're getting chased by a saber-toothed tiger. And it doesn't know if you don't like your wife's new haircut. It has no idea has no idea what discomfort you're, you're feeling or what you're actually facing. It just realizes that you're meeting discomfort. So when you're taking on some of these stresses that are going to get you closer to your dream, be excited that that stress and that, that anxiety, that energy is there because it is for you to use. And it's only when we don't use the, the, the energy that's being given that it becomes a, a, um, a weight, a pain, a darkness of, of this like crushing pressure that's when it becomes a crushing pressure is because we're not using it. But when we're using it, we get this dopamine high that's unbelievable because once you complete a task, your brain releases tons of endorphins to, to, to help you with like completing a task. It wants you to complete more tasks like that. It wants you to do it. But see, the problem is the work is up front and then the payoffs in the back end. Whereas in America, what we've learned is take the payoff up front, smoke the cigarette now, deal with the cancer later. So ultimately, you want to put in the effort every time your body gives you the stress, every time it gives you the anxiety, thank your brain for giving it to you and go use the energy and put in effort to take care of some of the type one discomforts that are messing up your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you touched on a very interesting concept there. And I want to just explore that a little bit more. In the beginning, things are challenging and it, 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 like change is challenging. And in the beginning, you experience that discomfort. But the, the longer you do it and the more comfortable you get in that new uh, habit, the payoff is great and, it, and it, like a hockey stick accelerates in the end. Yes. And then the opposite though, if we choose like what you just said, you know, the quick fix, you know, the, in, in today's instant, you know, click a button, you know, get your package tomorrow kind of a world, the um, effort is, you know, low in the beginning. So we're comfortable in that easy access state of being and we're avoiding the discomfort. But then the longer we do that, the more um, treacherous the slope, the downward slope is. And we experience the discomfort, significant discomfort and payback on the choices that we've made in the end. And then we become very uncomfortable. So it's, it's so interesting how that, you know, we start out where the road to success is always uphill. I mean, it's always a challenge. And we experience that discomfort in the beginning, but then we get that big payoff. And if we don't experience that discomfort and we're just trudging along and you know, waiting for that, not waiting, but not waiting and, and taking the comfort that we have right now, then we end up on the downward slope. It's so interesting how they're, they're exact opposites. And it's 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 vitally important to focus on taking on as many type twos as you possibly can withstand. 
Type mm-hmm. twos are your best friend. They get you closer to your dreams. They're the good discomforts. Type two discomforts remove type one discomforts. These are the these are the good qualities. So like if you want to be a public speaker, speaker, you're gonna to have to take on a discomfort, which is a type two discomfort. But remember, when you step out from your comfort zone, comfort will catch up to you. When it catches up to you, that's the moment confidence catches you. So we can talk about um also the sales. Um how how this comfort all applies to sales. I don't know if you want to drop that in there. But one, one more thing I drop in there is effort days are better. When you do really good in one day, things are going to be better. You're going to feel things are differently. When you eat dinner, dinner's going to be better. Or like, say, if you put in effort for a week, oh, everything's better. I mean, your burger's better, right? I mean, the, the, the breeze hitting your face is better. Like you just start experiencing things in like this way, just like, so all the different, like sex is better. Conversations are better. I mean, everything that you already are naturally doing in life are amplified when you're winning at the effort game. When you're winning at the type two discomfort game, everything is better. It doesn't matter. So the way I'll relate this to you, imagine you have to pee right now. This is your body's way of telling you that your body gives you discomfort and and you have to pee. The moment you start peeing, the moment comfort shows up, I call that sudden comfort, but that's relief, relief. You feel relief immediately. As soon as you start peeing, sorry about the the example here, but you're like, "Ah." it starts immediately upon you starting to pee. So imagine removing the discomforts from this glass. The minute you start you automatically start to feel relief. So even if you die, say tomorrow, you're going to be in a much better place than you were 24 hours before you started removing the discomfort from your glass. I'm telling you, it can happen so incredibly fast in three days In three days, you can be at a better place than you mentally have been in years. In just three days of recognizing I have some type one discomforts I got to go and I got some type two discomforts that I got to apply. So always focus on those type twos and be excited about the stress and the anxiety because it's just extra energy that you need to burn. Okay. So um, you mentioned the sales, the uh, yeah. the sales techniques or tips that you had there. Tell, tell us more about that. So I'm going to go back to comfort because that's what I've studied for the last five years. And it's just, I've observed people and I've just developed all these connections. And the more I study, the more I realize Like everything is tied to comfort. And I realized that comfort was the first form of communication. Like your brain telling your bladder that you have to pee or your your bladder telling your brain that you have to pee and you recognizing that, well, there's, there's an energy that we're all casting out, whether we're comfortable or discomfortable or uncomfortable. So if you look at any salesman, this is very important for you salesmen out there, if you, or business owner, you have to display confidence. You have to not confidence, but comfort. So you need to be comfortable with your material. You need to be comfortable with what you're selling. You need to be comfortable with who you are. So you need to make sure that you're removing the discomforts from your glass so you can be walking around with comfort. But if you look at any salesman, whether he's good good or bad, uh, whether he's selling a good or bad product, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters about that salesman is his comfort level because he's broadcasting that comfort, comfort and confidence out. It's showing in his body language. And see, women can pick it up better than men. Because a woman can walk into a place and be like, I don't know what it is about that guy. I just get a bad vibe. 
you're picking up on his comfort levels. You're picking up on his discomfort levels. The women are receiving sex to this. Men are too, but here's the problem with men. Men were taught not to cry. So we start to kill off our, our feelings, right? So we're not feeling as freely as women. And these are my own, my own theories here, but I, I've watched this and I know that this works. If you look at the best salesmen, they are always comfortable with who they are. They're taking care of themselves. They're not overweight, right? They're not like a 400 pound guy. And if they are a 400 pound guy, they're, they're killing it in all the other areas of their life. Like they're not only winning in sales, they're winning in, in finances, they're winning in relationships, they're winning in uh, recreation, they're winning in all the other branches of their life too. It's not just that one area. That's why they're exuding so much confidence and comfort because they're comfortable with what they're doing in their life. And if you look at that person, they are a high effort person. So that is what is getting them to the comfort level. So Put in the effort to study a little extra on whatever the material it is that you're doing. Put in a little extra to be comfortable with the images that you're putting out. Be a little comfortable, more comfortable with where you are in life. If you don't feel confident at 250 pounds, get down to 225 pounds. That's the hard one. These are So remember the majors and the minor, minors. Minors are ones that easy ones that you could just go at the flick of a wrist like, oh, the light switch cover is broken, right? Go to Lowe's, grab a new one. It's like, that's a simple one. But like losing 25 pounds, is a little bit harder, but you can start with little baby steps. You can start just by saying, Hey, I'm going to walk five mailboxes a day. When I get home, I'm going to go down five mailboxes and I'm going to come back the next day. I'm going to walk six and you just keep that commitment and it starts to move you toward the goal. But if you're confident 250 pounds, that's okay. But make sure that you are because a lot of times we're telling everybody that we're something when deep down, we don't like it. Because if we can lie to everybody else and tell them, maybe we'll believe it too. But you got to ask yourself that personally. There's nothing wrong with being overweight if, if it doesn't affect you medically or emotionally. Mm -hmm. So just make sure that we're putting ourselves in a place where we're coming at a for coming at a comfortable, we're showing up in a comfortable state. Mm -hmm. So we're not in the back of our brain where we're fight or flight. We're in the front of our brain where we're comfortable and we can deliver on on a, on a good. Um, What's that word? So I'm not good with words, but um, my vocabulary is very poor and I like to cuss and it's very hard for me not to cuss. Um, <laughs> thank, you, thank you for keeping that in check. <laughs> and you are good with words. Efficiently. Okay. So you can show up efficient. So you um, taught me an exercise that can be especially helpful to our audience when they are heading into a situation, especially with another person, where they are uh, anticipating that they're going to feel uncomfortable. And it was a little bit of a breathing and a, kind of a, a thought exercise that you shared with me the other day. You wanna take us yeah. through that little exercise? Yeah, so what we would call that is kind of like exchanging your energy. You're gonna try to get yourself in a position where you get out of the back of your brain and you trick your brain into being comfortable and you go to the front of your brain. So you always want to show up with confidence, you know, show up in comfort. So imagine, okay, let me try to explain it before I explain it. Uh, imagine you're not in a good mood, but you go and see a comedy. You show up to the movie theater. You're kind of like, kind of shoulders down. You're kind of like, you know, are these people looking at me? You kind of maybe are coming from a weak place. You're, you're in a crowd. You're, you're kind of quiet. When the, when the lady responds, what movie do you want to see? You kind of say it kind of low, but then you go watch the movie. 
And once you watch the comedy, it's a killer comedy, by the way. So it's just like, it gets you the whole time. I mean, the real belly laughs, right? The whole place is just off the chain. When you walk out of there, guess who becomes a comedian all of a sudden? If your friends are with you, now you're cracking jokes. If your friends are with you, you're a little bit louder. What has happened? Your brain has slipped out of the back and you're down in front. You're comfortable. You have become comfortable. And not only have you become comfortable, you develop this glow, this energy, this feeling. Well, the cool part is you can do it for yourself. You don't have to go to a two-hour movie. Or if, if, say, you are going for an interview and you're going to be nervous in the interview, maybe listen to some comedy before you go. Exchange your energy that way. But maybe you don't have an hour or two hours to prime and prep and get that kind of energy about you to develop that glow. What you can do is utilize your breathing. And what you're going to do is you're going to sit up. You're going to make sure that you use your physiology in a way that is confident, that shows your brain that, hey, I'm in a comfortable place right now. I'm chilling. So get your shoulders back. Get your head up. Get your, get your chest opened up, right? And you're going to want to breathe in through your nose, into your belly, and you want your belly to fully, fully extend. Put your hand on your stomach and make sure your, stum your, your stomach is fully extending. And you're just going to breathe in through your nose for four whole seconds. And then you're going to breathe out through your mouth for four seconds. And you would repeat that four times. So you're going to breathe through your nose for four seconds. And out through your mouth for four seconds. And through the nose. Out through the mouth. And through the nose. And out through the mouth. And through the nose. And out through the mouth. And now what you're going to do is you're going to find a time in your life that you were remarkable. You impressed yourself. You did something that was really, really hard. You put in a ton of effort and then you felt that payday. Look at that moment and really feel it. Stay in your strong pose and really, really feel it. Look at it. Pretend as if you're there. Feel that excitement in your blood again. Feel, your, feel the way you're breathing. Feel your heart beating. Really try to experience it. And just live in that moment for 30, 40 seconds. And then what you're gonna do is you're gonna return to your box breathing. So you're gonna breathe in through your nose for four seconds. And then you're gonna breathe out for four seconds. Breathe in through your nose. Breathe out through your mouth. Through your mouth. Now I want you to start looking into the future. You're going to look past this next moment that you need to be confident for. You're going to be on the other side of this next moment. And you're going to be celebrating. You're going to start to experience the celebrating part of you as if it was a memory that you're grabbing from the future and you're bringing it to now. So imagine the feeling that you just went in here and you killed it, you did awesome. You delivered, everything went perfect and now you're on the other side and you're celebrating. You really try to feel it. Once you see it, 
develop it and feel it. The more you feel it, the more that you can really pretend that you're there, the more confidence you're gonna have walking into this. All right, so that's the technique. And you can always have like a closing move or something that you do once you get this state. You know, here's a weird one that I have. It's, I pound my chest and I throw up a love sign. You know, and it just brings me to like this, like, yes, I got this. Like you get that kind of like momentum, right? Or, you know, maybe, maybe say you're in a car or something, or you're sitting in your office, maybe you could jump up and like do one of these or whatever it is that's going to remind you about your place of confidence, where you're comfortable at, because your brain is now going to be locked into the front. And now you need to go in there and deliver. It's time. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've read a lot recently about how, you know, we think that our conscious mind is in control but you know, studies have been shown that probably 80% of our day is really on autopilot. And our subconscious is really the one that's driving the bus. Because you know, we, we have all of our beliefs and all of our thoughts and we filter everything through our subconscious with all those you know, preconceived notions that we have that all of us come to at any day in our life. And making a conscious, change takes effort because we have to go back and do that work with our subconscious and, and like put the brakes on and change those underlying beliefs. But the thing that's so interesting is that our subconscious really doesn't know um, what's real or what's fake. It's what we are thinking about. Our subconscious is like, oh, this is, you know, this is the way it is. And so your exercise that you just did really speaks to that process of our brain is that the subconscious just believes what we tell it over and over and over again. So if we do this exercise to help us prepare and we're imagining the, the success that we want to have in the future and make ourselves believe that feeling of what that is going to be like, our subconscious is like, yeah, this is, I do this all the time. Okay, let's go do that. It's so interesting how we can, I mean, we can say we trick our brain, but it's really we're conditioning ourselves and our emotions and we are choosing a response in the way that we are going to react rather than allowing um, just that instinct of the fight or flight to take over. Yeah, which is not where we want to be. Right. I mean, we have solved most of our problems. So it's time for us to be comfortable and live in the front of our brain and really enjoy life because we only get one shot at this thing. We only get one chance. Um, so experience. So, so like you were saying, your brain does not know the difference between your imagination and what's really happening in life. And that's what you're experiencing. And here's one thing I want you to think. Everybody has bad thoughts. Everybody has self-degrading thoughts. Everybody has, you know, some sort of not great floating around in your brain or somebody's going to piss you off in traffic and it's just like these things are floating into you and you don't even know how they kind of got there. Understand that's not you. The way you see the world is based on the way you have made a mental map of what the world is and assigned a meaning to it. And that becomes your experience. That becomes your experience and your experience is the way that you feel like that's the way you are. You're receiving life. So I used to hate my life. 
because I was dealt a lot of pain. I mean, I dealt with mental abuse on a severe level from a mother that um, has some mental issues and she was also abused. So I used to hate that, but now I don't. I've changed the meaning, the assignment, because if I didn't experience that, if my mother didn't put me in those situations, I wouldn't be here for you right now. I wouldn't have the, the passion, the drive to study all these things. Each year, I've got a new certificate, a new this, and I'm studying these things on a deeper level so I can help people even more. And that passion comes because of my story. So my experience of the story completely changed when I put a new assignment of meaning to it. So powerful. So... Um... Andrew, if, if anyone in our audience would be interested in learning more about how you um, coach people and how you can help them overcome those areas of stress and anxiety in their life, they just would go to your website and schedule a time with you. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you're stressed out, if you're, you're, you're experiencing anxiety and depression, or you just want to be better in life, feel free to reach out to me. We can schedule a free call. I can help you tremendously in 20 minutes. It sounds crazy, but when, once I know a little bit more about you, I can put you in the direction of some really wonderful, powerful tools. If you want to follow my work, I'm not a writer, first off. Um, that's, this, this whole life has become weird for me. I, I was never in school. I never read any books. Um, I paid people to do my homework assignments for me. Hated reading, hated writing. Um, I hated, I never even raised my hand when I knew the answer because I didn't like public opinion. And now here it is. I found my passion and purpose, which is helping people. And now I'm doing all these things that I've always hated or been terrified of. But now I'm writing. So if you do want to follow some of the stuff that I'm writing, you can follow me on Facebook and you'll see some of the blogs that I put there. If you're a visual person, a video person, a lot of my work that I'm doing really good stuff on is over on TikTok or my YouTube channel, and that's The World's Friend. And I also have the website, The World's Friend, and there's a couple free resources. And if you're a reader and you want to know what books I recommend to people, if you go to my website, each one of the categories, there's three categories that I work in, which one is finances, one is dream, and one is comfort. So comfort's basically your stress, your depression, your anxiety, Dream is when somebody wants to get to the next level in life. They want to start building on because they have got out of darkness and it's time to kind of lock it in, build the walls around that dream. And then finances. The reason why I work with finances is because that's where studying has started for me. And I help people where their discomforts are. Their discomforts, 78% of failed marriages are because of uh, money fights and money problems. So naturally, I like to be able to have the information to get to people so they can solve one of the major, that's one of the majors that's going on inside the household. Yeah. And so on all of those platforms, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and your website, it's The World's Friend. Yep. That's the handle. Okay. The World's Friend. Awesome. And I didn't assign that name to myself, by the way. Oh. Somebody, okay. somebody kind of gave it to me. I give a stranger a ride. And he was talking about his son having some troubles. And I talked to him for probably about 25 minutes. And um, he said, man, he said, he said, I don't know if you, you heard my prayers, but um, so I appreciate you talking to me. And, and he said, 
He said, do you ever talk to anybody else like this? You should. And I said, ah, that's funny. I do. I talk to people about it all the time. Every person I see, I'm always trying to see if I can add value or make their life a little bit better because there's a lot of sadness, a lot of hidden sadness, a lot of brokenness that we kind of shelter. And I'm always making sure that, hey, you okay? You okay? You okay? And not not in that kind of sense, but just a little little paying attention to body language and expression and, and I helped the guy. And he's like, he's like, Oh wow. You help other people too. He said, man, you're kind of like the world's friend. That's oh. cool, man. Oh, that's great. And it's stuck. Great story. I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Andrew. You have a lot of wonderful little tidbits and um, I encourage our audience to check you out on TikTok or your website or YouTube, The World's Friend, and that is Andrew Oaks. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me add value.